Welcome to the What Is Life Dude podcast. We're your hosts, Eric and Sarah. I'm a freelance musician. And I'm a vegan chef and food blogger. This is where we share our thoughts about building a healthy relationship, working as creatives on our own terms, and living with intention and authenticity. We don't have it all figured out yet, but every conversation gets us a little closer to answering the question, what is life, dude? Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Eric and Sarah. Welcome back. We are recording this. We're no video this week because our room is uh, even more of a mess than it was last week. We are two days out from embarking on our drive back to Colorado. It's actually funny because our room is kind of technically less um, less cluttered and whatnot because all of our furniture and everything is no longer it's no longer with us. Um, but now we have, you know, like when you're in that state where all those little things are just like mm -hmm. hovering in your room, Yep. So there's a bunch of crap everywhere, but we technically have a lot less stuff than we did before. Yeah. So that's where we are. So we were trying to brainstorm a super deep topic for today, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird because we are dealing with a lot of stress from the move, but I actually feel pretty okay today. I finally answered my emails. You guys may know I I get a lot of anxiety when it comes to answering messages, texts, emails, and I finally forced myself to do it. So I'm I'm caught up. I feel good. We're going to be leaving soon. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And today I have been doing a lot of reading. I've been practicing music. Mm -hmm. Eric's had a few classes he taught. A few one-on-one -on -one music production lessons, mm -hmm. um, which are super fun. And yeah, it's still like, it's still new to me. It's still new enough to me where it's just really exciting to mm -hmm. like meet with these people that I only kind of barely know. And, you know, they're like, oh, that was so helpful. Like, I didn't know that. Like, you just taught me this thing. And I'm like, wow, I feel, is this what it feels like to do work and feel gratified by it? Yeah. I mean, it's so great. That's what I like so much about today is it's, it's kind of like what I hope a lot of our days end up looking like after mm -hmm. we move, you yeah. know? Just us doing the things we genuinely love. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm, it's exciting for me to see you start working with more students because it's it's just nice to see other people that you care about kind of being recognized for the things that they're good at and they love yeah. rather than for, you know, the wrong things. Do you feel like it's a little weird doing the podcast mm -hmm. without being filmed? Like we've been, I think we've <laughs> done it like eight weeks in a row now. Mm -hmm. And I am like starting to feel like it's a little strange it's too intimate without the camera no it's just, just different with me it just feels it feels almost like we're not doing it oh it's how it feels yeah i get that it feels almost like we're not recording our car like we're just chatting yeah it's, you like it <laughs> it's different yeah. i don't like anything right now because i'm a little anxious because i drank caffeine earlier oh, yeah. and i haven't been doing that neither of us have been so i just like have this this mild like veil of anxiety oh no i feel you on my life today no i totally feel you it's weird because i always used to be that person who i'd like drink caffeine for months at a time and i'd be like oh, i i don't really t tell the difference i don't think it affects me right and um now that i've taken it out for you know weeks and weeks even just putting a little bit back in i'm like oh yeah i definitely feel super keyed up which is funny because we were just talking about how so far, this is like a, it's like a model day for us. Yeah. But at the same time, we're both kind of like hopped up on caffeine. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm so happy because 
Um, if you guys have been following since our last move back in October, that was there was so much mayhem involved in that move. We really just weren't, you know, prepared. we didn't know what we had in for in store for us. So mm-hmm. um, we had this delay where we ended up this time we weren't able to get our moving pod picked up for a, a week later till a week later than we'd originally planned. And it really worked out in our favor. Yeah. It was like the universe uh, had our back there. Well, this episode, I don't know what it's going to be titled yet. So I'm not sure how much the title is going to eventually give away about this episode. But we're kind of just doing a like a positivity box episode. What's on our minds? Mm-hmm. What we're excited about. Like Sarah said, we're not in we're not in a position to we weren't able to like think of a very deep topic right now because there's a lot of other things on our mind. Yeah. And so let's just talk about the first thing, my first positivity box uh, piece. Um, there was some divine timing that happened in our lives. So my sister Lauren and her boyfriend moved out of Queens, New York, and they're driving cross country to Seattle where they're going to stay for a few months. So our trips were going to overlap and we were going to both be in Albuquerque, New Mexico Mm -hmm. on the same night. So what happened is, like Sarah just said, we had this delay and we got pushed back a week and I texted my sister and I was like, this really, really sucks, but we're not going to be in Albuquerque at the same time as you. So we're going to miss each other. Now, I haven't seen my sister in since summer of 2019 in person. Oh my God. Yeah. I I feel like because of the nature of 2020, mm-hmm. I'm just completely disoriented as far as like years It's go. like the year like didn't years. even exist. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I was like, oh, we haven't seen her since last June. And I was like, wait, two Junes yeah, ago. Yeah, that, that wasn't like six months ago. That yeah. was a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, I also realized that June was not six months ago. It was like nine months ago. But so it was a bummer. We were like, yeah, it sucks, but we were just going to overlap there for it like one night, you know, and we'd see each other like outside or whatever. Um, so it sucked, but we we moved past it. So then fast forward a few days and Lauren and her boyfriend are in Oklahoma. They get dinner in, pre- in preparation to go to sleep and wake up the next day and drive to Albuquerque and Lauren gets food poisoning. So she tells the family, she's like, "We have, I have food poisoning, we're we're staying in, in uh, OKC for one extra day. We're like, wow, I hope you feel better. And I was like, Lauren, we would have missed each other anyway because mm-hmm. they got delayed because of the food poisoning. So she was like, oh my God, you're so right. So like, look at that. It didn't even matter. And then <laughs> she's like, hey, when are you leaving San Diego? And I'm like, uh, we're leaving on Sunday. She's like, well, since we had to cancel all of our hotel reservations... And we had to totally like mess up the entire rest of the trip due to the food poisoning. She's like, we might just take a little detour and come to San Diego. And I was like, what? (laughs) So they got here yesterday as of when we're recording this. And we like picked up some vegan fast food with them and ate it outside of their hotel, like right by the water. And we're going to go see we're going to go see them for dinner tonight. And it was just like this whole weird timing thing where our plans got delayed, then their plans got delayed, and then they were like, well, we might as well come here, and now I get to see my sister and her boyfriend two days in a row, right before right before we move. Right. Like, literally mere days before we leave here. Yeah. It's awesome, too, because it's like, 
I don't know. The, I don't. The timing is just so crazy, and I feel like this has happened so many times in our lives where a plan got messed up, and we're like initially very, very upset, and then things work out such that it just something better happens. So it's I'm I'm pretty stoked, you know. Yeah, it's it's super crazy, um, yeah. but I'm really thankful that it all happened. Right, because like who knows when we would have been able to see them next, right? Yeah. I mean, hopefully in the summer but yeah theoretically where all me and all of my sisters were all reconvening on long island in july for one of my other sisters um i don't even know what to call it a meet their new child mm-hmm. hangout yeah i mean two of my sisters will have new babies by then um but you know who knows what it's gonna look like in july yeah who knows how much i'll care i mean like at some point i just have to put on a mask or two and go on a plane yeah and like see my family i i don't know like, i mean all evidence would suggest based on the news that things are improving mm-hmm. but you know it's that one year anniversary that we're coming up on since mm-hmm. eric got his pacemaker surgery and then two days later or three days later the world shut down two days later there was no it's, toilet paper yeah i mean it's so surreal it really, it really is yeah yeah but yeah so that's a fun story i just I feel like when I, I need like a journal where I write down all of these weird synchronicities so that I can just kind of develop more trust in the universe, you know? I like, mean, what do you want to talk about next? Brady Bunch, Elvis? <laughs> what, there was one more thing, wasn't there? There's been so many things, but I, ha- won't, I, I won't go into it. We just have, yeah, I mean, but yeah. we just have these things where like something will come up mm-hmm. and then it'll get mentioned like five times over the course of the next day or two just in different contexts like we'll see one actor mentioned in a podcast i'm listening to and then eric is listening to an audiobook and then we'll watch an episode of fraser and they'll mention that person yeah just- and it's not just like oh it's like that confirmation mm-hmm. bias thing it's like literally we started talking matthew mcconaughey came up <laughs> and then the next day they aired a new commercial for the super bowl that starred Matthew McConaughey. It's like that commercial just, like it's not like the commercial existed and I just hadn't caught it until then. It was like the commercial literally aired for the first time and I watched it (laughs) and I was like, okay. And then like, it just keeps happening. Yeah, we're in a simulation. Yeah, it's very strange. (laughs) Um, Okay, what else do you want to talk about? What else do we want, just on on positive stuff? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Like it's, it's so weird because I, you know, have depression and I feel affected by it all the time, pretty much. Mm. You know, it's not like a couple months at a time and then I get a rest for a couple months. It's like almost always I can feel its effects, but I feel like in the past week, my capacity to feel so low and so high has been just, I don't know. Does that make sense? It's like just as low as I can get is the amount of inspired and happy and hopeful I feel. Like just very like, like your lows are lower up and, and your down. Highs are higher. Yeah, I feel very like up and down, yeah. which is um, I don't know. It's interesting because it feels like a very creative space for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I'm coming up on the end of all of these work. Um, commitments I made many many months ago and it's almost like the closer to being at the end of that I get the harder it becomes to finish it it's like um 
if you like put in your two weeks notice, but you're like, oh, I still have to go to this job I don't really love that much. And it's like, uh, just really a slog. But then you're like, oh my God, I'm almost free. I can almost be myself. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it really drags on in yeah. those scenarios too. But I mean, I've been doing so much music. I mean, in most of the cases I've been doing music as procrastination, as in like I'm, I've been avoiding other responsibilities and doing music and writing. I've had a lot of insomnia too, which is not ideal because we are trying to kind of train our sleep schedule earlier so that we can start our road trip early. Um, but I I haven't been sleeping. And I every time I have, I struggle with insomnia for, you know, weeks at a time, it's always when I'm writing a lot, you know? Yeah. It's also funny, like hearing your your voice. You've been singing. I've been all, singing. You've all been day. singing all day. Yeah. And I've had uh, two hours worth of students today. Yeah. So we've both just been talking a lot, and this is what happens when you know we're recording this podcast many days in advance, so we can release it while we're on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're usually more prepared for knowing when exactly we're going to do the podcast so we usually don't have like sore voices right by now so it's kind of you know but i mean beyond just like i'll I'll try to talk quieter so i don't sound terrible by the end of this but beyond my having sung a lot today it's also like i feel like we've been having a lot of like heated conversations Mm -hmm. not like fighting not that kind of heated but like we've been like really passionate about things and having all these long conversations Mm -hmm. and i feel like that I don't know. It's like that uh, Pisces season vibes, you know? I just feel like I'm tapped into something like bigger, um, which is exciting. And also on the topic of losing your voice, we recently watched uh, another music documentary. Uh, What's it called? It's called In Wonder. In Wonder. It's the Shawn Mendes documentary following him on one of his tours. Mm. And... um, I guess he had some vocal issues on his tour and had to cancel one of his shows with like 40,000 tickets sold the day of, like hours before it started. Like people were already there, like waiting to get in and they had to cancel it because he literally couldn't sing. Yeah. And he was weeping. It was very upsetting. Yeah. I didn't know that much about Shawn Mendes going into it. Um, I mean, his his music is everywhere, like on the radio. He's very, very popular. But it I is didn't... it's so interesting wa- having watched that documentary after we watched the one about Kurt Cobain <clears throat> and Lil Peep and Lil Peep. Um, but especially with Kurt, for me, it's like he was so fucked up, and he had all these <laughs> issues, and he had all these issues like like interpersonal relation, interpersonal issues, drug issues, um, like issues at school. Like all of these things, and you're like, man, this guy's fucked up. And Sean Mendez, it's just like, it just seemed like he had a loving family who were supportive and allowed him to do music mm-hmm. um, and supported him the whole way and let his talent like flourish. Yeah. And I'm like, the difference between these two people and how they became famous is absolutely ridiculously insane. Right. Like just complete opposite scenarios. Yeah. I mean, and they make different kinds of music too. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny. I mean, not that Sean Mendes' life is without its challenges, but he seems like super grounded and really grateful and he's really kind to his team. And he it seems like he has like perspective. He is appreciative of what he has. And that kind of is reflected in his music. You know, he has yeah. like, in general, his music is pretty upbeat like and happy. Yeah. 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 It's just cool that, you know, everyone 
has their own story and there's always someone out there who can benefit from what you have to say. Well, I was I was tearing up like five minutes in because, and like you, I don't know anything about Shawn Mendes. I've heard maybe three of his songs. All I know is that he has a really good voice that I don't yeah. really like that much. Oh. <laughs> um, but I know he's talented. Oh, yeah. Just I just don't love his singing voice, which is weird because it's like, I can tell it's very technically good. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that classic good voice you know pop boy voice Mm -hmm. yeah um so i started tearing up right at the beginning because he was talking about his upbringing and his family and how he was supported like the whole time yeah and he was like you know i could just tell i was born to do music and there were like home videos of him as a tiny baby (laughs) like playing music and i just got so sad because that's what my life was like Mm -hmm. and i'm why did that make you sad because I'm not doing what he's doing. Oh, okay. You know, I'm like, I mean, it's it's better now, now that I lost my job last year and have figured a way to make money doing some form of music, whether it's freelance work or teaching lessons now. Mm-hmm. So like now it's, it's good because I'm doing the right, I'm doing some form of the right thing. Yeah. Um, but especially when I was working in the warehouse, sometimes I would like hear stories and listen to some music and i would just it would just make me think about like huh i didn't have the kurt cobain childhood i had the sean mendez childhood where i was set up for success and now i'm just working at a job that i hate Mm. and it really it really upset me then and like i said it feels much better now because i'm like well now i'm you know Mm -hmm. i'm doing some form of music as my job but still i'm like I, I don't want to go down this path where there will never be a documentary about me that shows, look, his, par- <laughs> his parents supported him and let him do music. Look, look, he was good from the very beginning. Yeah. Like, I don't want that whole experience I was privileged to have to go to waste, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes me think lots of things, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I was hoping it would. Right. I don't even know where to begin. It's like, there's, there's so many, I, I feel like, most people or maybe that's just me assuming but i feel like a lot of people were in touch with the things they loved as children and maybe a lot of people ended up stepping away from them or not pursuing them to the fullest extent for different reasons right Mm. and i mean to be famous is such a rare thing you know so it's it's not like everyone who has a talent that gets nurtured by their parents ends up becoming famous. You know, it's just part of its luck, part of its discipline. It's, you know, it's not even the fame thing. It's, it's, it's more just like, look, Eric was supported as a child and his parents said, yeah, you can have a drum set and we're going to play you music and we're going to get you a drum teacher. And then, Oh, you want to play guitar? Okay. Well, I'll help you pay for your first guitar. Like I want, I want to be living a life where people are like, oh, look what he does now. Like that happened because his mom and his dad said, you can be a musician. You can do it. You know, I don't want it to be like, look how much they supported him. And now he works in an office. You know what I mean? I'm like, sure. And that, and so it doesn't have to be like being famous, you know? I understand what you mean. And that's why it feels good to do what I'm doing now. Cause I'm like, okay, I am, I'm, I'm doing the thing that I was meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, I think that there's so many different ways to get to where you want to be. And sometimes like part of that process is forgetting, 
who you're supposed to be so that you can remember. I feel like that's what happens in the majority of cases, you know, is like people were really programmed to think that success and stability has to look a certain way, especially like, you know, in the United States, that American dream kind of vibe. And I don't know. There's just so many things that go into someone being able like it's it really is such a huge privilege to have what you love and what other people support like to have all of that line up yeah so much has to line up and i just want to clarify that when i was tearing up during the movie and all these things i'm saying now that's not a bad thing it's not a negative thing you know it was making me tear up because i'm like i want to i want to keep pushing and pursuing and yeah writing music and playing music with you and teaching people music and production like i so it wasn't like making me sad necessarily it was just making me feel a lot of things Mm -hmm. right so i'm not trying to say this it like on the podcast as oh this made me really sad listen Mm -hmm. to my sadness people it's more like it was kind of invigorating in a way right (laughs) okay what that's a different that's a totally different feeling right yeah i mean it's all mixed together you know Mm because on one hand it's like i'm not doing enough and then on the other hand it's like i'm gonna do so much yeah and you're inspired right i mean i always i i have this brain that makes me think of everything in terms of like what if a documentary were to be made about me or you like i think about it when i think about anyone Mm -hmm. not just like myself but i always think about the place that each event every and every challenge that we um encounter like the place in the story of our life that it has mm-hmm. so it it like takes on this meaning that's a little bit bigger than like oh it's this is just a three years where i was working a job i hated mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like a story that you'll tell to other people and then other people will be like oh my god she was so far off of the path she wanted to be on mm-hmm. and then she got there and I can do it too. Well, you know? the other day, it might have been yesterday, you said it in a really in a really funny and telling way. You were like, isn't it strange how when we watch these documentaries, like they just kind of mention and gloss over experiences that these people had that probably felt so long and they suffered so much through. Mm-hmm. And then when like there's the documentary made about you yeah they kind of just brush over it like if there were a documentary about me they'd be like yeah and uh he worked in a warehouse out of college for a few years and then he became this musician blah blah blah. yeah and for me it was like those three years were so long and it felt like it would never end yeah i mean listen how you make money is such a huge part of the equation like it's i feel like money like and the need to just like exist and have a roof over your head and pay for insurance that's like a huge piece of why a lot of people don't have time to pursue their passions and so when i thought about when we were watching montage of heck about kurt cobain and he had that period where he was living with his girlfriend and he was a janitor and then he just stopped working and his girlfriend supported them both i'm like what like that that's just crazy that like i don't know you and i spent so much time like worrying about how are we going to afford to you know have the time to pursue our passions and make music and have a tour and stuff and just i don't know the fact that this girlfriend was supporting him and it didn't really seem like they ever really discussed it based on the interview with her it seemed like it kind of just happened um 
And like now it's been so much time that she can just kind of tell it as a story. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure it caused like a lot of conflict at one point, Mm -hmm. you know? No, I read, I recently subscribed to this subreddit called r slash casual conversation where people just bring things up and it's kind of like a, it's like kind of like a safe place, a safe space where they're like, we're not here to judge anyone. It's just people just say what they want to say and people can respond in a non-negative way. Yeah. And when I found it, what I do when I find new subreddits is I sort the posts by um, top posts of all time. So it'll sort them by the most popular posts that have ever been posted there. So the top one on that is, it was like a month or two into coronavirus last year, and this person just wrote, yeah, this whole stay-at-home thing has um, like has really shown me that everyone would be a lot happier if they just had more time to be at home, like working on, like doing the things they care about, like baking bread or like learning how to play guitar Mm -hmm. and everyone's like wow yeah totally and in my head i'm like yeah i've known this forever like i've felt that way forever i'm Mm -hmm. like we would all be happier if we just had a if we just had more time to do the things we cared about yeah you know Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah i mean it's it's just it's almost like such a part of our reality Mm mm-hmm that we don't, most of us don't have that freedom, that it feels, it's like one of those conversations where you get too deep into it and you start to feel like, what is the point of, like, we're we're trapped, So let's back out of it a little bit (laughs) because I don't want to, I don't want us or anyone listening to feel that way. Yeah. So, I mean, what else have we been, have we been talking about? Well, I, I guess on the topic of creativity, I came into the room you were playing guitar earlier and I was telling you about this video I watched with um, Alex Lifeson. He's the guitar player from the band Rush. And like 15 years ago, he did this like guitar clinic that was uploaded to YouTube. And he was teaching people watching how to play their song called Limelight. And I've just always thought of all three of the members of Rush as like amazing musicians. And because they are mm-hmm. and they're great at playing and they're great at writing. And Alex Lifeson was explaining with a guitar in his hands exactly how to play the guitar part for this song and he was like and then i play this chord and he like put his fingers on the guitar in the shape and he was like so it's these notes and he was kind of like counting up the fretboard to figure out what note he was playing Mm -hmm. and for you non-guitar players out there if you put your finger on a note on a guitar i could tell you what note it is like right away Mm -hmm. right and alex lifeson this amazing mastermind of a guitar player was like counting one by one up the up the frets to figure out what note it was like how a child would find a note on a guitar and i was like um is he not like is he not schooled in music and music theory then i went to the comments and they were like oh it's so cool how humble he is like he's not Mm -hmm. an amazing music theorist he can just play he can just like write stuff and i was like this is fascinating to me because i was blown away that he didn't know specifically what every little thing on the guitar was and what it was called right and i brought this up to sarah and we were talking about it a little earlier i'm like does that make him more of a genius musically and i i mean i was arguing that there's just different types of intelligence right there's different types of genius it's and it's interesting i think the way that you personally or each of us reacts to the way the different ways that people show their skill 
I don't know, it says a lot about what we value. Mm -hmm. So it's like some people, right, like Dave Roll will always say he's not like trained in music. I don't know anything. I don't know music theory. I can't write music. Yeah, and same goes for like Annie DeFranco, who's really an amazing guitarist. And, And when I hear that about people, I almost like them more because I relate to that, right? I never took music lessons and I always just kind of memorize shapes and like... I also could not tell you like sometimes when I'm tuning my guitar, I don't even remember what note I'm tuning things to. Right. So it's like I can read music on the piano, um, but it's only been for the past like two years that I've been studying that. So when I see other people who are really, really skilled, like technically, but don't necessarily have that theoretical understanding or maybe they have it and it's just stored in their brains differently, you know? I always, you know, I feel bonded to them. And it tells me a lot about myself and how I judge myself and others. Mm-hmm. Because when I was watching, I didn't actually say this to you earlier because I felt like a jerk. But when I was watching it and I was like, that's kind of embarrassing. Like, he should know really? that. Yeah. I find it so endearing. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's just, I think I'm just projecting because I never read music growing up and I played in the I played percussion in like the concert band at camp and I would always I would always ask to play the percussion instruments that didn't have like notes notes right because if you're playing a snare drum for example they're just rhythms which is only half of reading music right Mm -hmm. it's like the easier half of reading music is reading rhythms and then once you start changing notes I didn't know how to do that yeah. So I would never play the xylophone or the timpani or the marimba, anything that had actual notes. I was like, uh, I don't want to do that. But really it was, I can't, I don't know how to do that. And right. if I tell everyone, it's going to be embarrassing. Right. So I'm definitely kind of just projecting my own insecurities onto other people. Yeah. Like Alex from Rush. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I acknowledge that it's not right to think that way think right. like oh wow alex lifeson from rush should really uh learn his music theory yeah but i'm like he's one of the most successful musicians of all time what does it matter he yeah. writes beautiful things yeah so. i mean i think that's why it's so important when we're trying to achieve things and we we feel this like urge to take a specific route like we always have to ask ourselves where that is coming from so like you know eric was in a band when i moved in with him And I would always like hear them, you know, in our basement or whatever, practicing. And I'd be like, damn, I wish I could find people to play music with, but I can't do that because I'm not a musician. I just like, I can sing and I can play guitar chords, basically. And it it was kind of from that insecurity that I decided to start getting lessons for a while. And for a period, I was like really binge listening to music theory podcasts. And I realized that I would... I was being very inconsistent about my practice because it wasn't super fun for me to learn all the theory. Um, but when I would sit down and just kind of play along, just using chords to pop songs that I liked, I could be there for hours. And like I had to admit that the fact that I assumed to be like a real, real, real musician, it had to look a certain way. And it was motivated by insecurity rather than by genuine interest in learning that it was setting me back basically you know and just to clear this up for any non-music people listening what we're talking about is if you can 
if you can sit at a piano and open up the chords to a song and it says like C, G, A minor, F, and you can sit down and you like, you know the chords inherently, right? Like you've learned the chords, like you know what that C means, where to put your hands. So that's like, that's just knowing the chords and being able to play them. But when we say music theory, we're talking about like understanding why the song goes from C to G to A minor to F and like why the notes work in that way, why it was written and all the theory behind why that technically makes musical sense. And they're different things and you don't need to know music theory to write music or to learn other people's music or to play music. It's just like a whole more advanced concept that both Sarah and I learned way after we started writing and performing music. Yeah. You know? So that's what that is. Just in case you're listening and you're like, I kind of don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. That's what that means. Yeah. It's it's just, man, you just learn so much about yourself just by seeing how you feel about other people yeah. and what they're doing and how they're successful. Yeah. That's, I feel like, the theme of the past maybe two weeks for me, watching a lot of the documentaries and stuff. is like, how does this make me feel? And I like to go back to, you know, the Sean Mendez documentary. And like Eric was saying that he kind of related to the level of support that Sean received as a kid trying to be a musician. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how I didn't really have that. And I feel like several years ago, if I had watched that, I would have just been really bitter. It was a period where I felt like I was like I wanted to have music be more a part of my life. But I felt like because I didn't have that technical skill, it couldn't be. Mm -hmm. And I could never be. And I had lost a part of myself just forever. And I was really bitter that I hadn't been, you know, I hadn't been pushed to do that as a kid. And then when I saw other people who had those opportunities and that support, I would just, I would want to undermine what they had accomplished. Mm -hmm. Same goes for like Taylor Swift. I always like just hated her for the longest time because I was like, oh, well, her parents, like, didn't they like move to Nashville when she was really young? So she could specifically, so she could pursue her career and I'd always be like well of course she's famous I mean all the stars aligned for her like blah. Yeah. <laughs> um and now I'm like it's fine like there's plenty of ways to get to where you want to go it doesn't it doesn't mean that just because your experience doesn't look like someone else's that you can't get there yeah it is it is especially interesting with the music business though because we recently discovered the song Driver's License mm-hmm. by Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. Is that her name? Um, she's a young artist. I think she's 18. And she just released that that first song a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And we watched this New York Times. Is it New York Times? Yeah. Because New York Times, they do like these diary of a song YouTube videos where they mm-hmm. talk to the artist about writing and creating the song. So we we're like, oh, a new one. Let's watch it. And it was about that song and that artist. And she was kind of telling like a brief overview of her story and how she got started. She was like, yeah. And like, I was on this Disney channel show called this. And Sarah and I were both like, Oh yeah, that's how you're famous. And it was just, it's just, it's like, I don't, I can't even detect the bitterness in it. If we were bitter or not, it's, it's hard because 
you hear like it's a good song she mm-hmm. has a good voice it's produced well like it should be a popular song it's good yeah and there's there's just like this oh well she was kind of famous already and she like knew all these hollywood people so of course once she releases her first song it's going to be heard by some amount of people right whereas most people release a song and their mom listens to it and it's really hard <laughs> to get anyone else to listen to it yeah so i feel that it's it's yeah i mean i would be lying if i said that I didn't hear that and feel like a little not it's not even bitter isn't really the word it was like what... oh yeah duh of course right. but it's like you know it, it it wasn't just like a popular song it's like the number one song in the world mm-hmm. I don't know if it still is but it was for a time and so I'm not I don't want to detract from that accomplishment in any way yeah and that's the thing yeah. we have to remember because you know like a lot of famously a lot of youtubers try to get into music Mm-hmm. and i would say just as famously they fail and they have all these connections and a lot of them have a lot of money so yeah. they hire songwriters to help them flesh out a song and these producers and they put a lot of money into it in like a sexy 4k music video yeah and it's just bad yeah and like it gets a lot of dislikes and a lot of hate which i don't agree with if you don't like it just don't listen to it right. but they just get hated on and like that's it like yeah. they stop these youtubers stop making music yeah. so it's not like you can just be famous put out a song and it's going to be number one yeah. like her song is still really good mm-hmm. which is what i'm you know which is why i don't feel yeah bitter i think this is like a similar not a criticism but like sometimes you know i think it's common for people to give famous people shit when they did have some degree of privilege mm-hmm. going into it like Ariana Grande, I think, like, was always supported and was in, came from kind of like a wealthy family mm-hmm. um, and has been, like, on TV and had all these opportunities since she was oh, right. really she was young. A, she was a child actor, too. Right. And now she's, like, one of them, if not the most followed person on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes I'll watch, because I really, I love Ariana Grande, and I'll watch videos about her. And people will be like, oh, well, she should have tried doing this uh, coming from, like, poverty or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, it's just there's no point in. Yeah, there's it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And, and it's odd to go, like to go back to Kurt Cobain. It's like, well, he got famous. I mean, he they started making music in the late 80s mm-hmm. and he had nothing. And he just started playing shows with his band like in yeah. his town outside of Seattle. I mean, he really had nothing like yeah. he didn't even have like he was going from home to home to home because no, no one in his family wanted him. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone starts in different places. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure if Ariana Grande wanted to be a musician and she grew up in poverty, she would probably make like angry rock music or something. <laughs> Maybe, it would just be yeah. like a totally different situation. And it's, it's, yeah. um, it's unreasonable to try to compare all of them. Right. But it's just been a fascinating like last week of, consuming music documentaries and talking yeah. about it and you and i kind of feeling like we really need to get back into music in the right way mm-hmm. i mean we moved here and part of the thing about moving here was we'll have a little less expense and we'll have more time for music and then we didn't work on music at all here because yeah. we felt we both just felt bad depressed for yeah. so much of the time yeah um but I still think moving here was, I mean, since we did it, I'll say it was the right choice, but it was hard. But mm-hmm. I think we just learned, we learned so much that I feel like would have taken us so much longer to figure out. And you've right. said this on the podcast before. It would have taken us 
who knows how long to figure all these little things out. It was like so accelerated by being here. Right. Um, and I think the music thing is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to take that. Yeah, I mean, it's like the whole diamonds being f- forged under immense, immense pressure, right? It's like sometimes you need, or, you know, like the the oyster thing, you need a the pearl. piece of sand. <laughs> a piece of sand? A grain. A grain of sand agitating, aggravate, agitating things inside <laughs> you got this. the oyster for the pearl. It's like, yeah, sometimes, um, it's like, yeah, not every lesson has to be super hard won, but... Sometimes you get stuck in this cycle of complacency and what you end up needing is a really uncomfortable experience to knock you back into your path. A swift kick in the ass. But yeah. Which is what we got. A cosmic swift kick in the ass. Yeah. In the cosmic ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking also uh, back to the Olivia Rodrigo being super young thing. I, I find like, I think it's, I think everyone might deal with this. It's like a common question I see on like Reddit and stuff in like music making subreddits. Yeah. It's like, am I too old to make this happen? Am I too old to be a musician? And I think it's intensified for women because of like, I don't know, like to be a famous female musician, it doesn't hurt to be young and beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, it's not like it's a secret that society puts far more pressure on women to be hot and or beautiful or whatever than men. You know, like George Clooney is like, he's like, oh, everyone always says he's like the most attractive man that's ever lived, even now when he's 50 or older, however old he is. Or like Johnny Depp or, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like like... men men age like a fine wine in society's um, magnified view and women just... Uh, okay they're too well, old now and yeah let's keep looking at the younger ones well it's like everyone's like oh my god j-lo looks like she has an age and it's like well you know she's extremely wealthy and can have extremely skilled people work on help her, her face and her body yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, I mean, men do it too but mm-hmm. yeah yeah but i mean i i struggle a lot with the whole age thing and i feel like i'm it's weird because like every woman who's older than me who talks about it is like oh yeah my 30s were so great i like finally stepped into who i was and i felt empowered and i stopped giving a fuck what other people thought and then like me approaching 30 i'm like i just want to be 22 again and then i think about it, i'm like oh my god life sucked when i was 22 mm-hmm. like i was in the wrong relationship i didn't know what the fuck i wanted to do like i was just i was wanted to be an engineer still or a nurse or like just something that would allow me to make a decent living and retire you know i mean i'm not sure if i mentioned this in the last episode when we mentioned the little peep documentary Mm -hmm. but there was one shot and i'm glad you brought up the age thing because i wanted to bring it up too because it's something that has always made me feel insecure like with every every number added on to my age mm-hmm. i felt like with every passing year yeah. there was less of a chance i could become a popular musician just because all of these artists i looked up i look up to like dave grohl mm-hmm. like when nevermind by nirvana came out he was like 20 
or mm-hmm. 21. Yeah. Like when Green Day's Dookie came out, they were like 25. Yeah. Like all these people had these breakout albums in before they were 25. And like as when I crossed that 25, I mean, I didn't talk about it because I don't know. It's not it doesn't it's not like always in my brain. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, well, just another year makes me less likely to become a popular artist. Yeah. But when we were watching the little peep documentary, there was this clip of him just like walking away from the camera in slow-mo on like an empty suburban street. It was one of those very poignant moments of the film. And I was like, I could do that. (laughs) I'm going to be 27 this year. I could walk away from a camera in slow motion in a music video, which is like the stupidest thought. Mm -hmm. It's like, I could do that. I can walk. Yeah. But really, it's like it doesn't. And I know, of course, your perspective is different as a woman, like for the reasons you just said. But Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter when we like when you and I start putting music out into the world. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if it's good. It's good. Yeah. And I don't know. You're hot. You're dirty, (laughs) but you're hot. So. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I just for a long time, I would. I would hear stories of women who were really young getting discovered and becoming famous and I'd compare myself and I've definitely used it as kind of like an excuse as to why I shouldn't pursue things um, wholeheartedly. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. it's just occurring to me that I, I don't want to think about all the years that have passed without me making music as a waste I just like so many people, they do the music thing, they get famous, they deal with like years of addiction and struggle. Obviously, it doesn't happen to everyone. But I'm just thinking about if I had, if that had happened to me sooner, who knows? Like, my mental health was so turbulent when I was younger. And I just don't think I would have been able to support that kind of life, you know? And I've really had to grapple with a lot of my own demons over the past decade, especially. And I feel like I'm finally emotionally, mentally in a space where I can support creating art and not letting it like, not letting the darkness kind of consume me, you know, and the comparison and and all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do they say about comparison? comparison is the thief of joy yes is that the phrase we've definitely mentioned that before um but yeah it's a it's a crazily intense conversation yeah that has been coming up so much more and you and i have both since watching these documentaries we've really been feeling that like well it's really it's really has it's worked out well that we watched all these right before we moved back to our own space yeah where we will feel more comfortable like making music since we'll yeah. i never really considered that about moving here mm-hmm. that like we'll, we're alone in this room but we don't really feel like we can like right. we're alone yeah i never really considered that part of it um well i was we watched the sean mendez uh documentary the other night it was like midnight at the end i guess mm-hmm. and i was like oh music i love it and then i walked over my piano and i played the entertainer and then the next day my mom was like i heard music at midnight I was sleeping. <laughs> I'm and like, we were like, oh, and we were like, we that. can hear you snoring, so let's call it even. <laughs> no, I was, and then like today, Eric was giving one of his lessons, so I left him alone in the, in the room, and I wanted to go play more guitar. And um, 
the other spare room that we have here is right next to my sister's room and she's been studying like mad so i was like okay i'm not gonna go in there and be next door singing and i'm like okay i took my guitar downstairs and my mom was like browsing the internet and reading and i'm like well i'm not gonna sing here <laughs> so i went outside into the backyard um, and i was just sitting on the ground singing and then our neighbor <laughs> uh started playing like a, a aggressive rap and i was like oh okay. did he like outside There's just no place i can be did you think he was doing it because he heard you playing no i think he was doing yard work <laughs> you're like no he was doing it because he's just generally an ass <laughs> as far as we can tell from living next to him yeah that's funny um yeah it's been it's been an interesting experience here and i know yeah. once we get back into our i mean like we just I don't I don't know why we weren't ready before when we lived by ourselves in Colorado. We had to leave and come back, you know? There were just a lot of things that felt wrong um, that have since clarified themselves. Yeah. And the music thing is one of them. Yeah. It's like little nitty gritty things about music too that I won't get into because this podcast is not about creating music. Mm-hmm. Um, more so the emotions behind it. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot. There are just a lot of things where we're like, we were really trying to sound like this. Yeah. And that's why it was so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just make, let's just make it. I know part of it for me is I've been listening to a lot of like Foo Fighters and music that I kind of used to listen to. Yeah. And because I, I feel like over the last two years, I've been going through phases of new artists. Like I listened to John Mayer straight for six months and then I listened to Billy Joel straight for six months. <laughs> And, like, I keep getting obsessed with artists I'm listening to for the first time, right? And then it was Hamilton for six months. And now I'm, like, I didn't, I haven't found anything new recently. Mm-hmm. So I've just been, like, listening to old music. And I'm really getting into, like, that hard rock thing again. Yeah, I and love I'm like, that. I just, I should just let, I should just let what I want to do influence what I do. Yeah. Instead of trying to be like Phineas and make Billie Eilish music, you know? Yeah. It's just one of those realizations that seems so simple, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's not simple to, to figure out. Right. I mean, it's so interesting. I feel like you and I, just as far as musical taste uh, in our during our upbringing, it's like two different ends of the spectrum. It's like you listen to mostly men, like rock and roll guys. And it's like every, most of the musical influences I had as a child were women, mm-hmm. like Alanis Morissette, Sarah McLachlan, Nora Jones. Like my first album I got was by Avril Lavigne in mm-hmm. Evanescence. And it's like, you can't really undo like the impact mm-hmm. that just the first few musicians that you listen to yeah. have on you. Or like the Cranberries, you know, like big time, my dad listened to the Cranberries. And I'm like, I want to just do covers of these old songs that feel like really timeless to me rather than always like trying to look at the billboard hot 100 and like, Oh, what can I cover on YouTube so that we get the most views, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like how our cover of BTS is dynamite has more (laughs) views than any other cover song you and I have done. Yeah. And we both hate it. Yeah. Cause it's just, we like forced ourselves to do it cause we were trying to catch the algorithm I mean, yeah. and it like kind of worked in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another thing we've been talking about a lot. Yeah. I mean, now we have the wrong audience on our our music channel. I mean, as we post more stuff, it'll it'll fade. Yeah. Like it's been fading naturally, right? Like people are just unsubscribing, which is good because yeah. I feel bad. We got we gained like 7,000 subscribers over the course of a month because they want to watch us react to BTS videos. Yeah. 
and we're just not. So they're unsubscribing, which is good because yeah, I mean, I I love to see it. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it's just going back to like your roots. That whole thing is so important. I mean, oh yeah, like I can I can figure out how to do electronic music in like a sophisticated way, and like I've learned a lot as I do electronic work for clients. Um. But like you, you, you've been writing songs on an acoustic guitar since you were a kid. I've been doing the same thing. I've been recording live instruments. That's like the only thing I've technically learned how to do. Yeah. And then we're like, we were sitting on the computer trying to make like electro pop music, like Dua Lipa. Right. And now I'm like, shouldn't we just do the th- <laughs> like the things we're best at? Yeah. That's what we're gonna do. That's exactly what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna feel like us. Yes. So that's where we are right now. This conversation really just turned into an entire conversation about music. Yeah. I loved it. Everything is so just related. Connected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talked several episodes back about how I've been so deep into like rigorously studying astrology and now the human design system. And it's just crazy. I know everyone doesn't put stock in, in these things, but... I just have to say that like just learning more about my chart and my design and seeing how literally everything in there is stuff that I've kind of always known about myself and now just seeing it reflected back to me I'm like oh yeah that's who I am that's what I like to make this is what I sound like like this is how I like to work like these are my innate talents that I've been kind of ignoring in my efforts to be someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the whole thing became so hard for us yeah. that even just thinking about doing it was too hard. And it was because <laughs> yeah. we were just approaching it from a an incorrect angle. Yeah. You know? So I'm excited to have yeah. that fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I always, I, I try not to like. Dwell. I, I, yeah. I think I've like learned that I it's not great for me to be like announcing all of my detailed plans and commitments to the world because I am so like inconsistent like I always have to be deciding kind of in the moment what I'm going to do like it's I have like a long-term kind of goal and then every day I decide what I'm going to do to get a little closer and um I don't know I don't want to like I I just want to let things happen organically that's why throughout this conversation i haven't been like we're gonna go back to colorado and do these very specific things we're gonna release an album in two months right that's why i just i've just been saying this whole time like Mm -hmm. we're just gonna do uh you know the uh the right thing (laughs) like i'm trying not to be specific to not you know what i mean to not put too much pressure on us to do anything specific right because no one needs that yep do you want to wrap up sure do you feel good about the conversation yeah i have no concept of time it is 5.53. We're going to go get dinner. Mm-hmm. We're going to go sit outside in a COVID-friendly space. Well, not COVID-friendly. Uh, uh, Anti-COVID-friendly. COVID-unfriendly. Yes. Um, yeah, it's going to be nice. So, I mean, thank you guys for listening. This was a very random conversation, but it felt good to get it off of our chests. Um, And just like last week, we didn't do the supporter shout out in the middle of the conversation. So we're going to wrap up here and I'll send it over to pre-recorded Eric and Sarah for the supporter shout out. Um, Is there anything else you want to say? 
I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you next week from Colorado <laughs> again. Wow. Um, and we'll maybe be filming again depending on what our house looks like i wonder if we'll be like huffing and puffing because of the elevation oh my god i didn't even <laughs> consider that yeah five months to completely un de dis acclimate mm-hmm. from the, the altitude that's funny well maybe maybe we'll be huffing and puffing yeah well we'll talk to you next week and i'm gonna send it over for our supporter shout out Hi, guys. We're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters. These are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through Anchor, which is our hosting platform. If you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga Pfeiffer, Morgan Lassiter, Jennifer, Scotty Draper, Glenn Ames, Kevin Dooley, Jessica Chelgren, Marie Zimmerman, Nina Schmidt, Izzy, Alexis Dooley, Annalise, Nadia, Teresa Madara, Kelsey Pritchett, Ellis Adler, Anna Dureka, Megan Stewart, Samantha McIntyre, Dylan Schaubin, and Sarah Creighton.